<laughs> on recording. Here we go. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to PonderCast EDU. I've got three teachers, tech coaches, integration specialists. They're just amazing teachers that are doing tech in their classrooms and sharing it all over their corporations. So I'm going to have them introduce themselves. I've got Kyle, Marcus, and Chris from all around Indiana. So let's get started with Kyle. Go ahead and introduce yourself, hey. Mr. Klein. <clears throat> Um, all right, my name is Kyle Klein. I'm the math curriculum and technology integration specialist at Delphi Community Schools. Um, my background is secondary math, but this year, uh, this is my fifth year in this current role, and this is the first role I've been K-12. So it's been a lot of fun being in the K-5 buildings, seeing the kids, um, kind of missing those high fives and the, like, the little, eh, you know, waves in the hallways the past couple weeks, so... Um, hopefully we'll get be able to go back and see those coming up soon. All right, Marcus, you're up next. Uh, my name is Marcus Painter. I'm the uh, coordinator of digital learning at Twin Lakes School Corporation in Monticello, Indiana. Uh, I live about two and a half miles from Kyle, which is frightening if you really put that into perspective. Um, I am uh, basically, yeah, I'm basically the nerd between IT and teachers. And so I work a lot with teachers in classes as far as how we can use technology with the curriculum. Um, and generally, uh, you know, I'm not fixing a Chromebook screen or broken keys. Um, that's a different kind of nerd. Um, but uh, I am housed. My office is in a elementary school. Uh, so I can kind of relate to what Kyle is saying. Uh, the kids, they see me in the hallway and they, they if they know my name, few of them do. Uh, but a lot of them will say, oh, that's Mr. Fix-It guy or, oh, gee, you're tall or whatever. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I can honestly say that uh, being in an elementary school is uh, uh, a different thing as a person who's used to being in a high school or middle school. So I do actually kind of miss those little rugrats. <laughs> All right. And last and certainly not least, Mr. Chris Young. What's up? Uh, my name's Chris Young. I am the strategic learning coordinator for Southern Hancock Schools, which is in New Palestine, Indiana, which is thankfully about 60 miles away from the, them too. Um, so there's no Wi-Fi stealing going on here. But uh, I work uh, K through 12. Um, my background before that, so I basically all they talked about the the technology. Yeah, I, I do that. I'm a, a coach for teachers and. Um, but my background before that was a science teacher. And as they were all talking, I feel like between Kyle's math and Marcus's language arts and my science, and you've got technology, we, we could start a school after this if you guys want. So if, let's do it. If, if this, if this goes well, I'm just saying, so. <laughs> Needs to make me a principal. <laughs> yeah. Tough yeah. call. Yeah. We'll have yeah. to, we're going to have to start looking. Not it. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt bomb. <laughs> Here's Bill Sharper. We'll use Bill. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. And I'm just going to do some history about us. We met Hello. years ago, five years now, six years ago, um, doing curriculum development for the Indiana Migrant Education um, group, uh, mainly the summer group that comes. Uh, that works with summer schools. And a couple people came to our different schools and said, we've got this STEM curriculum that we want to build, but we don't know what it is. And then here are a whole bunch of tools and they look like toys to me. And I was like, oh, bet I'm going. And then I got to meet these three guys, plus a whole bunch of other great educators. And it just kind of blossomed from there. And um, I just thought I was a normal teacher, which I still think I am. But like Marcus told me years ago, you know, if you're the smartest one in the room, it's time to find a different room. And I'm glad I found this room of all you guys. And uh, it's been fun ever since. So um, everything from fantasy football to ed tech to, to bad memes, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> so let's start sharing some good stuff that we've been going through with this e-learning stuff. We've been, I'm in week three of it. How about you guys? Uh, we had one week and then we were on spring break. And then now we're on, uh, we're using five waivers for this week. 
Uh, so as I was, I was telling Seth earlier, we're kind of clicking up. It was real hot and heavy at the very beginning, right when things were happening. And then it was spring break for us. And so it cooled down. Uh, now we're inching up because every day we're getting closer to when teachers sort of are setting out on this, you know, journey, if you will. Um, and that extended amount of time. So it, for me, it's, it's every day is getting a little bit more uh, ramped up towards next week for us. Sounds like every day you're hustling. Word. <laughs> um, some of the markets we had one week, uh, let's see, the 16th through the 20th, and we only did three e-learning days that week, and then we had spring break last week. Uh, we are going back this week, so um, we're, we have three days this week. To, we go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we have our teachers use Fridays to – put together items for non-internet kids, um, whether it's saving stuff on the flash drives or making some paper copies. And then uh, we also use that kind of as an office hours to connect with the kids that may not be completing all of their work throughout the week. So that's kind of what our layout looks like. Uh, Mondays are it's kind of grading days for teachers. So those are the days we're actually using for a waiver because um, nobody's coming into the building or anything like that. So using those as our waiver days and hopefully having our grades uh, completed for our internet kids all done by 5 p.m. that night so parents know they can check after that. Yeah, and I'm kind of similar to both of them as well. We did, uh, we started on like, well, it's been a while, but the Friday and then we had Monday through Friday. So we did six days straight and then we went on spring break and we have a two week spring break. So we're beginning the second week of our spring break. But when we go back next week, um, we're going to be doing Mondays and Fridays off Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on. Um, so, you know, the, it will be a nice reprieve from having six e-learning days in a row. Like, we, you know, we, we've done them for inclement weather for probably four or five years, but it would be a day here and a day there, maybe two days in a row. Um, six days in a row was something <laughs> so um going to three days a week i think is going to be a, a nice change so that's cool because th it sounds like we all have something different um we've never had an e-learning snow day this year we started we've been practicing them and practicing them um with students in the building i've been wearing signs that say you can't talk to me it's an e-learning day um <laughs> which then a couple of my juniors and seniors would say you guys hear voices? I don't think he yeah. had voice should be talking, which was well played on their part. That right. was, at the end of the day, I was just sick and tired of being quiet. Um, <laughs> we we went, uh, we've gone like almost every day. We went the first five days, just straight up e-learning, just dove right in. Then we, we've gone from Monday to Thursday, taking Friday as like teacher record day, getting grades in, making sure attendance is all up and uh, kind of email and missing assignments and things like that. And we've got spring break coming up. I like hearing about this like Tuesday to Thursday, those kinds of things. That's hopefully- Yeah, I think, the, I think the waivers, you know, the governor doing the waivers thing, I think a lot of people, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure what that was gonna look like uh, in the beginning, you know, when we first got that announcement, but uh, it sounds like it's pretty common that people are trying to sort of sprinkle them in and, and sort of blend what's happening each week, which is, I think, a really good decision because I think that's the intimidating thing. Like Chris was saying, you know, uh, consecutive days is the thing that I think is most scary for, for teachers because, it, like, like you said, you have one, two. I mean, I think even with us, we're out of school a lot for weather. We're in a rural area. Uh, we've had maybe three or four days max, maybe last year. Um, but that's what's scary is telling a classroom teacher like, hey, you got to go five days straight e-learning. Um, so I, I do like and appreciate that it sounds like at least from what we're hearing here that there's lots of sort of blending of those waiver days to kind of make it doable for families, kids and teachers. So Kyle, you said that you've got one day where teachers are doing some um some plans that don't involve technology and so like flash drives and, and paper copies what does that look like and how do the kids get those um so it is 
we're lucky because we're a small district and we only have, um, oh my gosh, 1,400 kids in our district. So, um, and we don't, I want to say we're like, 85 to 95% do have internet, but some of it's kind of spotty, you know, it's not all just super reliable. So um, we had over spring break and the week before our guidance counselors contacted every single family to um, make sure whether they did have reliable internet or not. And so we have a, a very um, up-to-date spreadsheet with students and siblings that have devices or um, don't have devices and don't have internet. So what we have done is the schools have set out, <clears throat> pardon me, um, on lunch tables, they have post-its with the kids' names and the teachers have to put together their whole packet and put it in a stack there for the kids. And then what we have been doing was, um, although I don't think we did today, but the first week we are have, had the bus drivers were delivering lunches throughout the district as well. And the lunch packets for the whole week. So they're also delivering, um, they're also delivering, oh gosh, uh, remote learning packets during that same time. Oh, that's cool. It's really, really cool. I got some good drone footage today. You'd be jealous, Seth. I got to put a video <laughs> together later tonight. Kept it in the air, huh? <laughs> no trees were that close. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's talk about some drones. Um, <laughs> we all, we all uh, learned to fly together with the Indian Environment Education Program. <laughs> and so let's go ahead and share with all five people that listen to this podcast uh, yes. our great experiences uh, flying. And um, yeah, Kyle, why don't you just tell us your... <laughs> well, basically... <laughs> Um, most of my flying is done um, pretty decently. There's been just one major mishap, and that was when um, <laughs> the other the other two goons here, I and Kurt Schleibaum, we were on a uh, hot air balloon tracking. Uh, we were tracking one, and one got stuck up in a tree in the woods in the middle of this farmer's uh, in the middle of this pasture, a woods out in this pasture, and so. Um, we thought we could use the drone to, with like a hook on it, to possibly get the. <laughs> this I mean, in, it was in, such a good idea at the time. In fairness, Marcus and I were the voice of reason. Like, this is a bad idea, Kyle. Don't no, do it. No, exactly. <laughs> Kyle was like, no, I got it. I got it. And we're like, all right, man, you got it. We're like, man, I wouldn't do it, Kyle. But hey, you're a uh, you're Maverick. Go for it. These two guys, especially Chris, are the ones that talk me into it. Like, oh, what, what's the worst that could happen? And well, like I, I flew it up through a clearing, made it one time, and then like um, never attack, never got the thing. But they're like, oh, hey, get closer, get closer. So then one got stuck in the limbs, and it fell forty feet to. Uh, <laughs> on video, not, on video, links, links in the description. Links in the description. Links no in doubt. the description. We've got video of this. Uh, I can maybe all like, the high quality content right here in one spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're all like, "Oh, hey, you can do it." And I'm like, oh, "I don't think so." And the first time I got up here, I'm like, "Okay, maybe this will work." And then second time, I got a little, you know, I got a little more confident. And that's the time that it didn't work out so well. Mm -hmm. So. Now I can't remember. Does Marcus and Chris do they have any drone experience? No, no good stories from you guys. Chris has one. I know. I, I am not at liberty to tell mine. <laughs> <laughs> There's there, he's still in a legal battle. Um, a legal pilot. Yeah. I mean, my only mishap might have been like flying towards Japan. I think like, you were. International sure. waters. I'm yeah. pretty sure when we were in LA, like, and we didn't know that there was a thing called the Phantom Flyaway, but it is real and it happens. And totally lost control of the drone. It took off, did a sweeping turn sideways towards the Pacific. Thank goodness a shark didn't jump up and take it. Um, and it was gone for quite quite a long time until our good friend Andy Wallace 
found it and flew it back. Um, well, approximately is that about a half mile, maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it was like over a mile away. It was. It was out of sight. Maybe like 4,200 feet or something. It was a long time. Long Seth, time. you had an excuse though. You have an excuse that was literally day one of flying drones. Well, Kyle was a seasoned top flight pilot by the point at which he did what he did to his with so. with a higher quality drone. Might I add, it was like the level up. Yeah. No, no not really. Like. Not really. I had peer pressure also. So toughen up. <laughs> I will I say <laughs> it took me in the woods all by myself. <laughs> There's a giant bull out in the pasture. That was scary. <laughs> also That's true. 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 It took me quite a few months to to get behind the remote again. It, it is scary. It's scary. All right. So now that we've shared our most scary flying incidences. Uh, let's talk, let's get back into, uh, e-learning. What have you guys seen? That's been some really successful things happening in and around your schools. I'll, I'll go. Um, our teachers have done a really, really good job. E-learning has shifted in our district. I said, we've been doing it for four, four or five years, I believe. But like e-learning was just like a one-off day that like, it would be a listing of like student do this, do this, do this, do this. Um, and you know, we, we focus on the, the three types of interactions, like student to content and, and teacher to student and student to student. Um, and that wasn't necessarily happening before because the teacher to student would be the day before in the classroom when they were like, I'm going to have you do this. Like, you know, and so then the students would go and just do the text that gave them instructions of what to do. Um, our teachers have done a really, really nice job of like incorporating themselves into the lessons to make it personal. Um, but beyond that, like the craziest thing is like how they're still making connections with kids. Like, so for example, um, I, I said we were out on that Friday. Um, it was going to be one of the kids' birthdays that Friday, the very first day we were out. And there was a kindergarten teacher who set up like a class flip grid for all the kindergarten students to like celebrate that kid still on, a, on their birthday because that was one of the things that they were going to do in class that day. Um, teachers reading bedtime stories. And uh, we had a gym teacher that um, lived next door to the high school varsity basketball star and did a virtual game of horse with him. Um, playing with the, the junior high kids. So like we've got teachers like going above and beyond just like coming up with lessons for kids. Like they're truly making it personal and um, it's, it's honestly incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. I think uh, for, for me kind of to piggyback, piggyback off that it's, uh, it's easy. I, I, let me rephrase that. It's easier when you're in the building with students walking up and down the hallways in and out of your classrooms, it's easier to engage and, and make connections with students. And we talk about how important that is. Um, it's flat out easier when you're in the building. Uh, so when we're doing this stuff virtually uh, through our LMS or whatever it may be, it just has to be more intentional. Teachers really do. Uh, and, and by when I say teachers, I mean, building principals, assistant principals, uh, our special ed, our speech pathologists, all across the board, everybody has to just be more intentional about making that effort uh, to engage and, and be personal uh, with, you know, small groups, individual, and then large group uh, uh, with their students because it is more challenging. Uh, and so it becomes, it needs, it's even more heightened how important that is. Uh, so, you know, Chris gave some examples of, of what his teachers are doing. And, you know, we've seen, you guys have been, you've seen things online. There's lots of really great stuff happening. Uh, and, and from my perspective, I, I would much rather see that kind of stuff, um, you know, be valued uh, as much, if not more than driving home a bunch of content. You know, we've got to cover content, certainly. But man, I'd much rather see that kind of stuff sort of nurturing, uh, comforting uh, kids who may have some fears, uh, may have some issues because they're stuck at home and maybe home's not that great. You know, do you ever think about that? <laughs> Lots of these homes are not that great. Uh, so a lot of them would probably prefer to be at school uh, if they had to choose. And so 
uh, stuff like that where teachers are really trying hard to to connect and be creative about it is I think probably the biggest thing. Um, yeah, I'd have a ditto with what they said. Um, I think our, you know, the first week our teachers felt comfortable because it was three days in a row and we've done e-learning for six or seven years at Delphi. So they're, some are fairly comfortable with it, but um, now that we've got like a whole nother month of it, I think that there are some teachers that uh, are willing to try to learn new things because they don't want to be doing the exact same thing. Um, I love quizzes, but to give the quizzes three days in a row one week and then give it another three days the next week because that's where you're comfortable with, um, that's not going to fly for our kids. And there's, there's only so much you can do with that. And so um, we, have, we have some teachers that, you know, are using it, but they're you know, they've been contacting me and some other teachers also about, hey, I'd like to try this or what's a way that I could get some video involved. And so, you know, we've done some flip grids. Uh, we're going to do, uh, we have a PD, a virtual PD on Wednesday for Screencastify. So we're, um, we, we just have teachers that are willing to learn. And I mean, that's, that's something that we preach to our kids. And um, it, it's great for our teachers to demonstrate that, you know, they're willing to get out of their comfort zone as well. Yeah. And uh, Margaret's kind of said, like some of these kids, their their home spaces aren't the best. And I think a lot of it's opening a lot of teachers eyes or reminding a lot of teachers that, you know what, they, they don't just come to school to learn the Pythagorean theorem. And, you know, you the sure? <laughs> as much as you love math, Kyle. I remember right. that in eighth grade now actually so. <laughs> but um you know it's it's given a teachers a reminder of kind of like why they got into it and and you guys all brought up like the relationships i do think that like having this situation that we're in at the end of the school year versus the beginning of the school year is a totally different ball game like if it was the beginning of the school year and you're trying to build relationships and deliver content and talk kids into through an email to get their work done. Like, I think that's darn near impossible. Um, the, the fact that we're at the end of the year um, getting things done. What are some ways that you guys have gotten some parents involved in it, in all of this? Let's go first, Chris. <laughs> uh, I, I can talk to, I mean, so we have, I'll tell you some of the things that our, our district has done. Um, one is like over communicate. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing. So like every channel that we possibly can, what our plans are, um, because with this, everything has changed so fast, like from one hour to the next, you know, like, especially at the beginning, it, it's changed. So to let the community know exactly where we stand and, and what the expectations are just over communicating. Um, some things we have in place, like our school has two Google, Google voice numbers. Um, one for like um, the iPad and one for just like general technology issues. So like Canvas that parents can call um, and that are manned by people. And um, and we can basically get that tech help that they need. Um, we've also, in terms of like, because like this, in, this is like the bit, you know, it, it certainly separates the haves from the have nots in terms of like Wi-Fi and, you know, digital access. And so you know, hopefully when the no travel orders band, we'll have things in place. I know Seth, you talked about your schools doing the, the buses. Um, we've got our Wi-Fi at all of our campuses pushed out as far as it can to the parking lot. So parents can drive and um, park up next to the building and get Wi-Fi. Um, we are looking at trying to get more hotspots. Unfortunately, so is a lot of other people. Um, and so we're, we're struggling a bit with that, but we're trying to, in terms of with the parents and engaged parents, like um, just make sure that everybody has access um, because it's, it's too important not to, you know, like, yeah, the learning is important, but the relationships and, and everything else, like kids need routine. Um, and that routine is, you know, it may just be like interacting with their friend that they, really can't do now. And so we want to make sure that we've, we've got those things in place and let parents know that, Hey, you know, we're, we're a team now, you know? So. Uh, yeah, just 
for, for us, it's just been kind of the same thing. Uh, just for us, it's been really social media. Um, you know, we've got our website and whatever people go to the website occasionally here and there, but truthfully the communication to, to the community at Twin Lakes is usually coming from social media. And so, you know, we've definitely got sort of a chain of command where, you know, decisions are made by the decision makers. And then that gets passed down to folks like myself and our assistant superintendent and, and those met the messaging gets sort of designed or packaged and then it gets sent out. So, you know, things like lunches, uh, Kyle talked about, uh, having lunches delivered. We, uh, have been distributing lunches, um, from, from multiple locations within the County. Um, we're not yet distributing with buses. Um, but you know, things like that, where it's just like having a, I mean, the emails that I am working in to get everybody on the same page and communication and having that chain of command so that we can communicate something that's, uh, got continuity that is, um, up to date and that people are all on the same page is just really important. And for us, like I said, it ends up being ultimately, you know, Facebook, that is the thing that seems to really reach the most uh, of the, the largest number of our stakeholders. So. Yeah, we, and we've been doing social media also. Our one thing that our, uh, our parents have actually been given pretty good feedback on what they've received from the teachers. So that's been nice because we've had, um, our guidance department in the high school, especially, they're in the midst of scheduling for next year. And so they have not been able to have their normal uh, conversations with parents, you know, or the students face to face. So what they've done is they've done virtual conferencing with uh, Google Meet. So there's been some conversations with parents about, hey, here's, I'm going to send you a link. Here's how you access it. Here's how we're going to do this uh, meeting. So we've, we've had some um, a lot of meetings that happen outside the normal school hours, which is great um, in this environment. I know um, doing the doing the lunches, the school the school bus drop offs today. I was able to follow one bus around today, and I caught like so many families that were outside on their porch because it's nice and sunny today, uh, and they're just like they're watching um, and they're excited, and the kids are like waving to the bus drivers parents are waving to the bus drivers and to the teacher that gets off the bus with, you know, this, um, this packet of lunch for the whole week. And so I think the parents have been uh, pretty gracious or pretty grateful for what our school district has provided. And I think that a lot of our parents are realizing how much we actually care for the kids. You know, it's not just, I think it was like Marcus has said, it's not just for content and for grades. You know, we, our teachers generally care about, these parents' sons and daughters. So it's, it's a great way to get the parents involved. And I, I think this is a great time for schools to really improve those communications with parents as well. So I, I think, um, I really think schools are going to come out of this much with much stronger bonds between families as well. Yeah. That's, um, we're going through a referendum and uh, the vote was supposed to be in May. And of course I got pushed back with the election. Um, and I was getting a lot of questions about it. And now I think we have a better chance than ever just because everybody is like, oh my God, the schools, whatever they need. Like, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've done, we've been so focused on this e learning stuff that I, I haven't seen like anything in the newspaper about referendum or, or at least not as much as probably we would. Um, but it's just been kind of like, it's, I think it's been good for that, but also like more importantly, it's been good for the relationships and, and the, the stuff that really matter. Um, well, they, you know, we talk about the, all of the effects of things. Right. And, and, and I know that you guys have probably all had this conversation or a similar one with, with folks that work in education or even work in positions like, like, like we do as sort of coaches and so forth is, you know, there's collateral damage in a negative way and there's collateral damage or collateral impact in a positive way. And I mean, I think when we come out of this, like Kyle said, there, I think there's bound to be a refocus 
on sort of the the truest value of education and what we're really trying to be uh, accomplishing in these institutions that we're working in these buildings um and i'd love to think that that that's something that potentially starts here and we've talked about some examples but i, I really hope that it does continue um because you know it's really put a a spotlight on sort of the the hidden value of when your kid gets on the bus every day or the hidden value of when you drop that uh your son or daughter off at the the drop-off pickup lane like what else is happening beyond what you're accustomed to thinking about so chris you want to jump in on that yeah i was gonna say like you were talking about like you having a better chance it's funny like uh, they talked about social media and probably like every small town in america or the world we have a Facebook page for new pal and it's a lot of times negative. Um, but you know, it, it's funny to watch the memes come in of like, you know, like I'm starting to realize, you know, that my, the, it wasn't the teacher that was the problem, you know, like it's, <laughs> they, they're certainly appreciating the work that the teachers have done like never before because they one are having to kind of deliver some of that. And two, they see all the work that the teacher's currently doing because it would be real easy to just be like, meh, you know, and the, and the teachers are, are going above and beyond. So it's really cool. Yeah, rumor is with all the uh, home learning that's going on by parents, the, uh, the state rate for in-school suspensions has dramatically gone up. And so um, yeah, I hope we don't get dinged on our letter grade. Next yeah, I was getting after my kids because like now they've totally laxed off and they haven't been showing up in uniform or anything like <laughs> just slacking. Go brush your teeth before you go to school, kids. <laughs> go press your khakis. <laughs> I was like, you're not even showing up with your backpack or anything. It's been sitting in the same spot for three weeks. Go pick Slacker. it up. Okay. So let's share what have been your favorite memes. What have you been your favorite things you've seen on the internet? Oh man. I, I got to think about them real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I need my phone because <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Colbert has sent them all. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He said something we can't share to it. <laughs> Yeah, it's I was going to say, you better vet the material before you share it. Yeah. Yeah, let me see. Um, well, I did like the one Chris sent the other day about, uh, the had like the Bitmoji of March 1st versus March 49th. That's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> here we go. This, I'll, I'll pull this one up on the screen. This is a this is a pretty good one. <laughs> I did like that one. Um, that is a good one. Cause that's true. That's a lot truth in that one. Uh, yeah, there was. I saw one about something about a parent walking out to their car and like scratching the bumper sticker. Yeah. Of the honor roll student, like yeah. scratching it off their own car or something. Yes, that that's my favorite one. I got. I don't I remember got, how it, how it goes, but it was funny. I got a good one from my buddy this morning. That's I haven't seen this one. It said, uh, "People are mad about not being able to go places." Please, I was grounded about 90% of the time between 7th and 12th grade. I trained for this. There <laughs> <laughs> you go, Marcus. I found it. Yes. Tammy. Tammy. <laughs> I guess it's that first week of homeschooling didn't go so well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, that, that's my favorite one, too. So. Yeah, that is a good one. It is. All right. So so there, there's been some good. We've talked about some good. Now, what what about some things that you haven't seen go so well, and what would be some suggestions to fix them? So and you guys have brought up like personalizing. I think that's great. And, and so, what would be some other things? This is where your number of viewers is going to drop off. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're just trying to be real here, just keeping it real. Hashtag real talk. Yep. So, I've had teachers that have struggled because they've continued to teach the same way that they taught prior to, you know, and so it was like, you know all the activities, the, the questions, the reading, the, everything was like, this is exactly what I was doing. And the teacher was like, I've worked so hard. I'm, I spent from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. planning and then I've graded and, you know, like the teacher was really, really stressed. And it's like, you know, it, sort of don't try to, you know, fit this, the square peg into the round hole. You know, like this is different. Like it's a new normal. You can't teach 
everything in the same way. And, and being from Indiana, you know, like with the waiver days, there's only 160 days of instruction. So to, to, when you started the year with 180 days and you were going to teach all of these things, you can't do that anymore. Um, so, you know, teachers realizing that they need to kind of like scale back um, in terms of like what it is they're teaching, you know? And so like, I feel like the teachers that have really focused on teaching the content in the same way have, have really struggled. And the ones that have focused on the students and what the students needs are, have been really successful. And so I would say that the, the biggest um, challenge has been trying to scale down what what matters versus what really doesn't matter anymore, so. Yeah, the, uh, the scale down um, it, it goes right into what I was wanting to say, which is that, you know, we hear e-learning, we hear distance learning, we'll call it what you wanna call it, but um, a, a lot of teachers hear I've got to use all of the technologies, every platform. And, and, and I was on a bit of a soapbox a few weeks ago because right when we started talking about this, everywhere you looked on social media was 101 ways to blah, blah, blah for e-learning. Do everything. Here are all the free sites. Here are all the sites that are giving you full access, pro access, paid access. And I think right then and there, that's when I know, I know I sent an email uh, out to, to the Twin Lakes teachers and said, everybody just pump the brakes. You're not going to do all the things. Uh, I, I frankly would ignore the list of 101 things right now because you got plenty of time. <laughs> We've got plenty of time to get to a point where you feel like, okay, now I'm going to dip my toe a little bit and, and try something new. Um, but I know, I know for, for us, I had lots of questions in the beginning about, you know, basically just teachers just being overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that was out there and in the news and so forth. And what do I do? What's important? What do I not do? Which, which one of these tools should I use with my third graders and so on? And so um, as far as like negatives, I just think that that's very intimidating for probably all teachers but especially in my case, I, I've got a few names in my head of, of teachers that, you know, are struggling with technology during normal circumstances. And then they see this list <laughs> and they and they listen to NPR and they hear things and they watch the news and then they start just drowning in confusion. Uh, and, and so I've definitely done a little bit of trying to sort of zoom out, you know, zoom out and just look at let's just be real here you don't have to do everything brand new and different and everything starting over with some brand new thing you don't know. Uh, let's look at how maybe you can use what you do know and reimagine it. So if you don't do much in your LMS except announcements, assignments, and quizzes, let's try to reimagine how we can maybe boost those up and make them a little bit uh, more impactful rather than trying to create a bunch of content in a new platform you've never used before. Yeah, and I think that's really important because um, when teachers start trying to learn a new platform, well, then that means that they're going to have, you know, 25 kids per period that are going to have to be trying to learn a new platform also if they haven't learned it elsewhere. So um, I think there's that issue. Definitely totally agree with Marcus on that. Um, also agree that, you know, how a teacher that's comfortable with technology in the, and integrating in their classroom is not going to have a whole lot of trouble right now. That's going to be those teachers that have just drugged their feet and drugged their feet. And it, and it's not just um, older experienced teachers, like it, it's newer teachers. It's teachers that have been teaching for 10 or 15 years too, that have just been holding out, holding out saying, you know, it's never going to, we're never going to need all this technology. Um, hey, guess what folks? We're home for a month and a half. So <laughs> yeah. Hey, I love it. Hey, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I, I remember me. <laughs> yeah, I got off of the Google Meet with uh, one of our departments a little bit ago, and I had said, um, I know you guys are probably going to hate me for saying this, but I'm actually loving this time because I'm feeling like people actually realize they might need me a little bit more than before. <laughs> I, I said that first week, I, I was like, I'm the Dos Equis guy. I'm the most interesting man at Twin Lakes School Corporation right, right, because no. I was I was very popular. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, I do Not the find, Corona guy though, right? 
No, <laughs> no, too soon. Cut yeah. that. <laughs> Cut it. Yeah, we're done. That's just we're done. Now. Um, I would say also, like I think Marcus said at the very beginning, was we have some teachers that you know are used to a forty-nine minute class period, five days a week, and they're going to try to get all that content into e-learning. Also, and it's like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. Like this is not. Like our kids are not expected to be doing seven classes of 49 minutes of work every day. That's not how this is going to work. Um, you know, you have so many students without internet or with real poor internet, you might have one device for three kids. And so, um, you know, like Chris had said, we got to kind of reimagine this and we got to be thinking about, okay, what's best for the student versus what's best for us and our content. Because um, in a way we're lucky we don't, our teachers should feel a little more freedom now. There's no assessment at the end of school. So there's all kinds of time and space right now where they can be like, okay, I've, I've always wanted to try this. I've never done it. Let's just see how it works. If it doesn't work, okay. I mean, we'll just make a mental note. But I, I think there's so much time for creativity now that I, I think that um, this remote learning is going to change how in-class learning is going to look like you know, starting next year. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite college professors was like, don't promise me you guys won't be the teachers that teach the same year 30 times. And that is out the window. Um, no one, I don't think prepared for this. And this is definitely not in the, the lesson plans of in the back of the, the trapper keeper being like, all right, just in case we have a e-learning pandemic, yeah. like uh, index number four is pandemic. <laughs> Yeah. You just, you gotta, it's in the back. Yeah. yeah. Harry Wong told us about that. <laughs> that's another meme. Yeah. yeah, that's another one. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, so um, this, yeah, this has just been just wild seeing um, all of the things that have come for free, which is great. But I'm also reminding the teachers, like they're doing what drug dealers do. Like they're giving you a taste and then uh -huh. they're like, come the fall, it's going to be $40,000. Yep. And um, I know, you know, our, our buddy Matt Modlin uh, has already gotten calls from places like Edpuzzle and, and some of these other places and been like, oh, yeah, you know, you guys are doing great things. By the way, in the fall, it's going to be quite a bit more money than free. Yeah. Um, so all of the teachers need to be aware of that and department heads need to be aware of that, too. I, I know a very smart tech director who told me that they were keeping track of the names of all the companies that are contacting them at this time to know to never do business with them again because it's it's snaky. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, all right. So in the end, I got we got two more things. I want to ask you about successes, your definition of success, but also you guys are doing some great things coming up uh, here in, well, it's still springtime. Hopefully we get to the summertime, but some things, <laughs> but it's all canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll get to, I mean, I Summer just thought canceled. It, it was moved to December, November, December. So that'll be cool. I'll carry any of you guys' bags if you need me to, but, um, and, uh, and so first, what is your definition of success based off of where we're at now? Um, I would say my definition of success is that students are still learning um, new content and along with possibly um, getting some nice spiral review of previously learned content um, and, and they're completing it and they're completing it on time, um, whether it's technology-based or not. And so I think that's a big thing. Um, and, I, and I think another success would be that our, our parents are feeling that they're getting communication from the schools and that they are being supported as well uh, and that their kids are being supported at home too. That's, that's why I really define success uh, with is, is, you know, how do our kids and our parents come out of this in the end? Agree. Uh, I, I, I like the, the community element there uh, that Kyle's talking about. I would, I would definitely concur with that. Um, you know, it, it kind of depends on the perspective, right? Like if you're talking about a classroom teacher, what do they see as a success, um, a, a coach? What, what does success look like? I mean, for me personally, as a, as a, in a coaching role, um, and we kind of talked about it, like 
in my mind, what would be successful would just be that across the board, every teacher in our district is going to, is being forced to reimagine how they do this work, but they don't have a choice. None of us do. So because we've all been forced into discomfort, uh, that's an easier thing that it's easier said than done. Right. But now we're all in it. Uh, so I feel like this is actually, again, one of those collateral impactful moments where, uh, like Kyle said, we can come back whenever we come back, hopefully in the fall. And what we'll end up having is this group of educators, you know, worldwide who have uh, reimagined what they do and refreshed and reset the the button and aren't teaching the same class for 30 years in a row because they they couldn't. You know, so I, I, I that's that's would be success. And I think that that's very likely to happen. Yeah. And I would say su success for me is simple. Um, I had some time to think as they were, they were talking, but it's have success is that students, teachers and even families to a, a point have grown. And in terms of what I provided, they felt supported. So if, if that if that happens, this was wildly successful. Those are great. I couldn't agree more. So now let's get on to what's happening, I guess, now or springtime, summertime uh, with you guys. Um, you guys are all doing tours uh, of your conferences and things um, and, and blogs and podcasts. So what do you guys have going on? Kyle, kick us off. Um, well, I'm still working on getting a drone out of the tree. <laughs> Hashtag goals. <laughs> Link in the description. Now you now you got time. Now all you got is time. All kinds of time, yeah. So uh, no, um, I mean Lafayette's still hosting a tentatively still planning on hosting the summer um, Ignite conference that they let's they've had it for seven years already. Um, they're gonna have it day one and then day two is gonna be reboot that's hosted by the Indiana Department of Education. So there's some planning for that. And then um, as well as Chris and Marcus, you know, they're all three of us are speaking at the different reboot conferences throughout the state this summer. Um, hopefully they're still going to go on. Uh, it did get pushed back to November and December. So I don't have to worry about missing a week with my family in the summer, which is good. Instead, I get to miss them during the school year, which is Thanksgiving. No, it's Thanksgiving. So that'll, they'll love that. Even better. I don't get <laughs> right. Extended family either. So <laughs> Kyle will get. He'll somehow he'll travel and still avoid. He'll have less miles going to ISTE than he will traveling to all of his family members during Thanksgiving. You have no idea. Thanksgiving birthdays. We probably got, I got birthdays this summer. I mean, you know, I got to celebrate those. <laughs> yeah, for the viewers, you can't hang out with Kyle because he always has birthdays. So. I have no idea. <laughs> My life. <laughs> it's just a party. Your life is a party. My life, yeah, it's a five-year-old party. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marcus, what do you got going on? Uh, like like Kyle said, the the Indiana conference is coming up. Um, uh, we do have a Disney trip uh, planned, still scheduled. Uh, it is late June, so there was there's still a chance. Um, we're feeling okay about the possibilities of not having to mess with that. Um, and, and boy, will that be nice if it stays on schedule. Um, uh, in structure con, uh, canvas con, uh, in Nashville this year, uh, late July. Um, excited to go to that and, um, learn a bunch of stuff about canvas and do all the things in Nashville. Um, it can't possibly be a bad time, right? I mean, come on. Put a sash oh. on. You can get through at Nashville. <laughs> Inside jokes. <laughs> I can't wait to be a part of one sometime. Can't wait. <laughs> well, and also you got your podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, yep. I mean, if if you know anybody who listens to uh, uh, podcasts and anyone who has any interest at all in Canvas, uh, the LMS, uh, we try to talk ed tech. We try to talk teacher leader stuff. Um, we 
generally talk through the lens of what that means and how it looks in canvas. Um, but yeah, we, uh, I think we're going on episode 19 coming up. So pretty excited. And, and we'll be there at the conference this summer. So they're going to put us in a, in a, in a glass cube of emotion. Um, so we'll, it'll be like dance monkey dance. <laughs> you and Eddie, you'll be good at that, right? We'll see. I'm excited. I, I, I've been told I'm going to start using Canvas next fall. So nice. You you have one new subscriber. Uh-huh. Jump on. <laughs> All right, Chris, what's going on with you, man? Similar. Uh, the the reboot tour, should it happen? Um, th- it, those dates go into August. I feel like you're, the South Bend one is August. So I feel like some of those hopefully are safe. I worry about the earlier ones. Um, but uh yeah, so have that. Um, I don't know that it's a, a firm date, but I'm doing a workshop at the CIESC at the beginning of the next school year. It was just canceled. Um, it was supposed to be in May. Um, so I'm doing that at the beginning of next school year um, with the CIESC. And uh, the, I, we're uh, all a part of the Indiana Connected Educators. So the, the ICE conference is, I think it's October 7th, 8th and 9th or something around that time, but it's at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, that's far enough that I feel like it's safe, and I'll definitely, as probably will all of you, be presenting there, so um, you could check us out there. So those are the, the main things. Yeah, so hopefully we get to see each other soon in person and not virtually. Well, with everybody, really, but mainly you guys. Um <laughs> And uh, if you guys, if anybody listening wants to follow these guys on social media, I'll throw their links down below and you can follow them on Twitter and ask them any kinds of questions. I just decided Chad needs to have a quarantines over party and all the listeners are invited as well. So (laughs) Chad Ledoon, Sullivan, Indiana. (laughs) All you have to do is find it. If you find it, you're invited. Beach. Good luck. It's easier to find one of those like one of those like uh, sticks you find water with. So yeah. <laughs> don't worry, Ryan will be swimming across the lake with a big flag telling everybody yeah. this yeah. way. Busting through screen doors. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening and watching. And we'll talk to you later. All right. Oh wait, Chris did piece too. Uh hey, hey Mars did that. I, I